a progressive guy, right? That sounds pejorative. Do you ever think that by being married to a person who is, you know, able-bodied and white, that you're not really doing your part for the woke politics that you fucking always push on this podcast? <laughs> Are you saying that... Um, Why aren't you dating a blind lady? That's like, like the toxic adventure, <laughs> I should have chosen someone uh, who was differently abled. Sure, or, or just, you know, culturally different instead of just going for the fucking royal flush and by that i mean exceedingly british <laughs> i i don't uh sort of measure my value or worth in life based on my level of wokeness ascribed to me i think maybe wow this is a quite a revelation here in our fourth <laughs> season if anyone's been listening to the first three seasons this uh, is yeah. completely antithetical to what we know about you but all right. <laughs> would you date that blind lady though that the toxic avenger dates uh the sarah character yeah yeah she's very attractive Oh, wow. So that's what it comes down to? I mean... I'd like to apologize to all of our she's listeners. She's also for... very accepting, I guess, of the Toxic Avenger. Oh, she's accepting when she touches his fucking groin bulge. Yeah, <laughs> I think that was what really made her accept him. So it really made her uh, appealing to me. I was like, wow, just went right for the gusto, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Bad Movies and Beer. I'm Cooper. <laughs> I'm Nolan. And today... If you could not tell from this ridiculous conversation, we are discussing The Toxic Avenger, our second trauma movie ever. We did uh, Chopper Chicks in Zombie Town back in season two. It was fucking delightful. Yeah, that was a fun one. I liked it. That was a request. That was a great audience request. Yeah, love that one. So this one, though, we have wanted to do for a while, but it's been a bit of a challenge finding a beer to connect, huh? Well, it was a challenge until we went to Windsor for a friend's birthday and swung by historic Amherstburg. Yes, we visited the Lot 10 Brewing Company. This is sort of like a small microbrewery out in Amherstburg, and they have a whole bunch of different beers. They kind of have all the standard craft there, and this one, the Nuclear Sunset Northeast IPA. Pretty appropriate, I feel, especially at the end of the movie. We get a nice little fucking scene there where he's standing on a horizon and the sun is setting, and it all kind of ties it together. Yeah, and it's definitely the toxic waste that uh, helps create our hero here, the toxic Avenger. And we know that nuclear waste or nuclear uh, offput is definitely something that's created when you are using nuclear energy. That's sort of what a picture of this is, is a couple smokestacks with the sun going down around it's like it. a power plant clearly yeah yeah so so we're we're suggesting that the toxic avenger was created through the nuclear waste uh created by this so it's not the perfect connection we've ever had but it's a pretty good one here i think it'll work listen like you said we wanted to do this movie forever so we saw something that would make a connection with we just fucking jumped on it so I'm excited for this. Um, should be. It says unfiltered and hazy. So oh, it's a New England IPA. Oh, or I'm yeah. sorry, a Northeast IPA. It's going to be delicious. I don't want to shit on the fine people of Vermont. Makers of craft beer and awesomeness, it says on the can. So I'm excited. I haven't had any of their stuff. We just bought this to go. So we didn't have time. Well, to no, say. but I bought like a six pack with a few of these in it. I tried a couple of their beers. They were solid. Yeah, I like 7% it. 7% on this bad boy. Yeah, that's uh, by the end of this, we're going to be as easy to understand as the toxic avenger <laughs> it won't be the highest abv i've had today but it'll be up there we might have to overdub uh what we're saying like they do yeah, for yeah. the voice all right let's just get let's get some deep voices and go with that we actually get a warning before the movie starts the toxic avenger contains extreme violence Followed by a voiceover that lets us know we're looking at New York City, the world capital of culture and industry. Here, among the towering skyscrapers, civilization is guided by men of progress and the wonders of technology. But for all this industrial advancement, there is a price to pay. Pollution. The unavoidable byproduct of today's society. Every year, millions of gallons of poisonous garbage and radioactive chemicals are disposed of in nearby towns such as Tromaville, the toxic waste dumping capital of the world. And as we quickly see, the Tromaville Health Club is a veritable melting pot of all kinds of people. Hot ones, weird ones, jocks, nerds, greasers, old queens. And right there at the center of it is Melvin Ferd. He's part of the cleaning staff, but his haphazard mopping quickly draws the ire of a gentleman named Bozo and his crew. Nothing I'm saying is doing this opening sequence justice, and that's especially true of the music we get to kick this thing off. Oh, body talks, buddy. <laughs> Dude, it's incredible. Well, well, that was a mouthful you just threw out. It was really good, but uh, there is a lot that just went on there. One, that warning... 
pretty fucking necessary. You think so as we yeah, go through here? There yeah. are some gruesome kill shots in this and some that are kind of unexpected first time through. Uh, this gym is special, just like you said. You did a good job sort of running down the whole list of stuff, but we're definitely in the heat of the 80s here. I'm thinking, like, let's get physical style of jumpsuits on all the women. All the dudes are in short shorts and Big topless. hair on all the girls, oh, too. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty special. So many butts and boobs uh, are, like... <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot close of close-ups on them as butts, we go boobs through the and bulges. Oh, yeah, that's exactly B's. what we yeah. got. The triple B, which is the triple threat. <laughs> um, and then our character, Melvin. They have picked the, like, nerdiest possible guy with a massive overbite who plays it up to They found a donkey a- boy. Can you still say donkey boy? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, man. He's got uh, the I big... didn't know that saying. I'd love to see him just eating a whole bag of carrots. He could. Six, <laughs> bu- six bites and that bag would be done. Oh, no. I'd like to apologize to any of our listeners who may have been referred to as donkey boys before. <laughs> no one's really out of control this episode. I don't know why. Yeah, it's going to be a problem. This 7%er is coming in hot, uh, just like the <laughs> so other beers movie. we've had this, this before. This movie comes in hot. This movie is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. After meeting our cast of characters, we find out a couple of things about Bozo's crew. First, that he and his number two man, Slug, like to go out murdering people for fun by smashing into them with their car. Sort of a Death Race 2000 thing where they score points based on the type of person they kill. And second, that Slug likes to occasionally bribe health club employees to keep people out of the locker room so he can nail his lady there. But I guess whoever he paid on this day didn't do a very good job. As Melvin walks in right as they're doing it and pretty much jizzes his pants, we are like three minutes into this movie and there is no way they can keep this pace up, is there? I don't understand how they can, right? Bozo but and... they kind of do. Yeah, I know, it's, <laughs> it's insane. They are getting hot looking at photos of people that they have run over. Not yet, cars. that comes later. Well, isn't that what leads them to having sex in that locker room at the start? That girl. No, she just mentions that she wants to go. The next time they go uh, out, she okay. wants to go with them because she wants to see it up close and personal. But they're getting hot just talking about murder and they start f***ing. Melvin definitely j***s himself. I don't think he's seen a naked woman like this before. I mean, they. to be fair, they are really going at it. Like her tits are out and she's just riding him. And Melvin, you're right. He's inexperienced uh, is, a, is a gentle way of putting it. He can't handle what he's seeing. So we transition from Melvin jitting himself and running off uh, into the locker room and then right into Bozo's rage. Kind of the opposite feeling here. Oh, he does not care for Melvin. Next time you fuck with me, I'm going to take this mop and shove it down your throat. Oh, I can't take it, Julie. I cannot take it. He is screwing up my karma. I'm putting that mildly. <laughs> no, no. He is just so angry that Melvin exists, it seems. This... Bozo character is, I don't know, what would you describe him as? He's almost like a jock tweaker. He seems like very high strung. He acknowledges himself. He's constantly getting stressed and he's like twitchy and like whatever. It's like he's on meth in addition to steroids. I don't know. It does seem like he's been taking hard drugs along with the steroids and he is having that, trouble holding together. He's not a big muscular guy. He's kind of like lean. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they couldn't find the right guy. Oh, for in this the part. 80s, they couldn't find a big gassed up muscle head in the fucking 80s? Come on. There's a couple of them in the intro that might have fit, but maybe they weren't able to carry the quality acting chops that Bozo produced. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they couldn't find one that would work for free. Yeah. Uh, that night, Bozo and the gang head out for some of their trademark entertainment where they go over over the murder scoring system and happened to spot a kid who's out for a late night bike ride. They run him over first in a figurative sense. He flips him over Bozo's car, but then literally as they back up over his head, crushing it in what is just a glorious and hilarious low budget effect. Oh my God. This is their death race stuff that you were talking about. They first hit him and he survives the initial contact, likely because he's wearing that helmet. He goes flying over the car in a low effect. (laughs) The shot of them backing up and running over his head is fucking shocking you get the pov of the tires coming towards him and then it's like they just like squished a cantaloupe Uh, but i actually think the makeup's pretty good like it's Uh, (laughs) i mean listen you get flat you get like flesh and brains and blood everywhere and it's fairly traumatic this is (laughs) this is the thing that they warn you about at the start like this to me is maybe the most gruesome thing that happens maybe not there's some other gruesome shit but yeah well, um, as, someone, as someone who's seen more trauma movies than you, I can tell you they do a good job within their limited budget to create that kind of gore. It's almost like a like a poor man's like Tom Savini, that kind of thing. Uh, the next day, we return to the health club where a prank pulled by Slug at an aerobics class leads to some silly comedy. He puts a snake in the back of the instructor's shirt, which causes him to contort wildly, which, of course, all the women in the class start mimicking. 
This is classic stuff, and by that I mean it's been done hundreds of times. But don't worry, because before you know it, we are back to our Melvin plot. Yeah, this interlude is pretty silly. They stick quite a bit of this stuff. Or there's a lot of it that's happening in the background of the main scenes. There's a lot of direction for the background actors doing stupid stuff. Sometimes distracting and other times not. But we're back at the Malvin thing. And uh, Bozo's girlfriend, Julie, has got a plan to get back at Melvin just because he's a loser. Oh, yeah. The plan is essentially to fuck with him. She makes a date with Melvin to meet her in the locker room later. We know this is obviously going to end badly for him, but until a flatbed truck hauling open barrels of toxic waste stops outside the gym, we have no idea just how badly. Why don't you walk us through what happens here, Noel? Oh my god, this is a whole lot. First, it's hilarious that they take the open containers of toxic waste into Tromaville. Uh, we learned earlier that Tromaville is the... Toxic waste dumping capital of the world. They yeah. mentioned that in the voiceover, yeah. Exactly, so we, we kind of know what's up, but... The two people delivering it decide to take a break so that they can indulge in some cocaine. <laughs> got a little baggy of cocaine. Decide to pull over to the side of the road, get a couple of toots in before they yep. go on to their next town. Before they keep moving on with this toxic waste, Julie convinces Melvin to put on what he calls some sissy stuff. Well, she likes pink. That's yeah. her thing. So he puts on this like jumpsuit with a ballerina tutu. tutu. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's more like a clown's because it's got polka dots on it and stuff, and it's pink in the bottom. But got this funny tutu on, and she leads him into the dark pool area, and we get a little bit of darkness, and we hear him kind of making some like, "Oh, Julie," and the lights turn on, and basically. <laughs> The entire gym is standing over him as he is hugging and kissing a It's a, a fucking goat sheep. Or it's sheep. always a goat. Yeah, I, I don't know. know. He's kissing an animal <laughs> with lipstick and a bra on it. He's obviously humiliated and starts running away through this. They all chase him. Like, literally the whole group of people who were making fun of him in the pool chase him Just to laugh through at him. this yeah. place to laugh at him. And it pushes him so far, he runs up to the second story of the building and jumps through the window to escape his tormentors. Oh, you don't think he was trying just to fucking kill himself? I mean, maybe. I mean, it's dark. Either way you yeah, look at it, Yeah, I felt dark. like it was just escaping the like humiliation and torment of making out with the sheep in front of all those people. <laughs> By throwing himself out a second-story window? Well, lucky for him, he lands in a soft landing spot, a oh my bucket God. of fucking... <laughs> <laughs> toxic waste one of those huge steel containers of toxic waste oh god now you have I, I, okay it's an absolute bullseye first of all like yeah. he's dead center on one of those barrels but i should mention i think you were gonna say this a second ago when he dives out of that window it is so clearly a stunt man that i almost can't believe it the person's hair color changed they didn't even bother <laughs> to color it the same hair you can clearly see it's a different person as the shot transitions through the window yeah. and into it when the actor pulls themselves out of the toxic waste barrel, we can see that Melvin is the same actor. Yeah, uh, well, they've replaced him. At the <laughs> yeah, they've replaced him once they crash down into that barrel. Things are not good, though, for him. This toxic waste is not going great on his skin. Oh, God, no. There are immediate effects that it's taking on him here. His skin is bulging and bubbling, at one point literally bursting into flames. And yet, he manages to run all the way home and seem relatively unscathed, at least until the real transformation happens. And these effects? Wow. <laughs> yeah, so he gets home after bursting into flames and running through the town, he locks himself in the bathroom and pours a bath. And then he climbs into the bath and his skin starts to bubble and boil and transition. And there's actually some okay makeup work here. I don't dislike what I'm seeing, but holy shit does he change. He starts pulling clumps of hair out. He ends up pretty much bald. One of his eyes is about three inches lower than his other eye. Uh, his skull and all of his muscles start to bulge. He actually becomes quite large and strong. Oh, yeah, he gets pumped up, man, definitely. While he's going through his transition, the funniest part about this whole scene is that his like small mother on the other side keeps knocking, being like, are you okay, Melvin? <laughs> and then she finishes by having a little celebration, thinking that he's one out for oh, the yeah. first time. Oh, yeah, she thinks he's yeah. fucking off yeah. for sure. My little Melvin. He must have finally reached puberty. She's happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> She's odd to me. <laughs> Did your mom cheer you on all the time when you were f***ing it off in the bathroom? Absolutely not. We practiced the standard white people thing of not acknowledging or discussing it, even though it was clearly happening. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is standard. Yeah, that's standard for sure. Uh, yeah. He's been forever changed by this process now as we see the uh, disfigured but incredibly muscular Toxic Avenger running maniacally through a field like some kind of mutant werewolf. And what we quickly realize is that he is headed for the city where he arrives just in time to save an honest cop from the weirdest fucking gang you've ever seen in your life led by a guy who is literally named Cigarface. Oh, maybe not literally. <laughs> in the movie, he's called Cigar Face. That's what yeah. I call him. A uh, bald guy smoking a cigar, and he's got two effeminate people with well, no, him. One of them looks like a poor man's John Rambo. The other one is like a drag queen or something. He's got like a wig on, and he's like very like homosexual stereotype. There is a lot of that in this early 80s. Oh, here we go. There is a whole ton of homophobia in this movie, for sure. I don't think you can not marry a blind woman and still complain about homophobia, Noel. Get your priorities. Yeah, uh, I I can't speak anymore on the things that are unfair. You're not truly progressive. Yeah, that's fair. I guess I will (laughs) never bring up a thing that is progressive in this podcast again. Um, So this cop runs into this strange gang, and they offer him a bribe. They want him on the side of... What turns out to be the mayor. They want him on the side of the sort of criminal elite here, which is being run by the mayor of the town. And he turns it down and very quickly starts taking a beating and even gets threatened to be killed uh, before who shows up. Well, it's a toxic Avenger, of course. And after scalping Cigarface's two henchmen by ripping their scalps off their heads with his bare hands, he uh, tosses these guys around in hilarious fashion, pulling one guy's nose off, taking another one's eyes out with a very aggressive Three Stooges-style eye poke, and then jamming Cigarface into a garbage can and speed-bagging his dick balls. <laughs> oh, my God. This is some of the best action oh, that I have ever seen. They're both seen. just fucking yeah. dying laughing. Oh, my yeah. God. It's so funny. Um, when he elbows the guy and blows up his nose and then pulls the other guy's eyes out immediately on the, like, backswing. But the speed bag to the nuts has got to be the best thing. Uh, the two are clearly dead because after he's poked their eye out and broke their nose, he's smashed their heads together and we get, like, a cracked skull makeup. Which also, like, like I like the effect on this, too. It's pretty Again, good. low-budget yeah. gore, but a good time. So Cigarface kind of runs off into the night. He is now a eunuch, so he is talking at a much <laughs> higher <laughs> level. He didn't rip his <laughs> balls off. Well, he punched, punched them into the smithereens, dust. yeah. So it's basically <laughs> a eunuch. Smithereens. <laughs> 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 so so he, he yells some taunt back at the Toxic Avenger in a much higher voice than he had earlier, which is pretty hilarious. And the Toxic Avenger then goes and dusts off the cop and tries to sell him on his way. He tells him not to worry. This is the first time we hear his voice since he's become the Toxic Avenger. How do you describe this to our audience? Oh, God. Speaking of new voices, yeah, this thing is deep and luxurious and ridiculous. It sounds like someone doing a James Earl Jones impression, but like badly. And the next day, word of his heroism reaches the local media and immediately transforms him into a cult hero. But you know who isn't happy about that? The heavyset mayor, who you already kind of told us is dirty, and the chief of police, who is like a Nazi? That was an odd choice. Yeah, what the fuck? The chief of police is actually a Nazi in this film. He well, like, I mean, we don't see him with the swastika, but like it's pretty heavily implied. He hails the mayor and like does all kinds of craziness. He hails him like a fucking taxi? He hiles him. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know the clarity in there, but he clearly has a German accent. It feels put on, and I don't understand this choice, but... I uh, mean, they are history's greatest monsters. Yeah, so they fit along with this... Easy like, movie villain. Fat, sleazy mayor. They all move along together here. Institutional corruption. You must have been fucking excited for this, eh? I had an erection. Oh, God. <laughs> I thought we were going to leave all that stuff behind in season three. We mentioned a lot a lot of episodes in season three mentioned erections. It was, Did they uh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, it's frequently used. It's fine. You know what? Let's I, just steer into it. I was jubilant. <laughs> <laughs> Your pants were jubilant. We get a quick scene now where Slug pretends to be a hideous monster to sneak up on his lady in the sauna. That'll pay off later. And then the Toxic Avenger returns home after his night in the town to find that his mother is terrified of his new appearance. So with nowhere to stay, he heads to one of the many local toxic waste dumps and decides to make a home for himself among the garbage and rubble and Richard Nixon biographies. <laughs> but he, but he does bring along a picture of his mom because you know you gotta make it homey, right? Not even just a picture. It was one that he has like created a custom frame with that has a heart and like beads around it. It looks like something a fucking eight year old. Yeah, it's, it's pretty special. Great. 
I we think maybe here that she's out of the picture, but we'll see if she comes back again later. Oh, she definitely comes back later. Uh, but now it's time to see how deeply rooted crime is in the Tromaville community. As in one scene, the mayor cuts a deal with some local manufacturers to make a new toxic waste dump with even worse environmental impacts, followed by a truly incredible scene at a local Mexican restaurant where a gang of criminals bust in to rob the place and terrorize the customers with some of the worst overacting I have ever seen. Good God. This might be the best scene in the movie. It's fucking funny. It is insane. This band of thieves, and I'm calling them a band because like their appearance is something out of a 70s rock band. Well, and the, and the main guy also introduces them the same way that a guy would introduce his fucking band on stage. Yeah, it's fucking hilarious. So there's one wearing like face paint, and this is the guy kind of running like the playing show. card themed. No, no, the guy running the face, no face paint. The face paint guy is the second in command. He's got like playing card themed like diamonds and yes. fucking hearts and, and he's got a shotgun and, and he's threatening Weird. people there's another guy who's kind of the quiet ninja like guy who takes a giant gun <laughs> to go get cash Wait a second quiet that dude is like fucking cranked up to 13. He's all twitchy and weird. Twitchy and weird, but he doesn't say a lot. What? Fuck, you see when he tries to talk and how bad that is. Do you blame him for not giving him a lot of lines? No. <laughs> He's bad, man. Yeah, it's true. He's acting with shit. And then we kind of have the MC, who is the leader of this crew, yeah. telling everyone what's going down. Oh, he's running the show for sure. And let's just say he has some odd life goals. <laughs> We're going to get to that in a moment. So, sure are, man. So <laughs> they break into this taco joint, and the one guy with the huge revolver is asking for the money. He's got one of the workers held by gunpoint at the cash register. And the other people, like the other two members of the band, are not just okay with them stealing money. They want to raise a little hell here. Oh, yeah. They are fucking with the customers, one of whom is a blind lady. And after murdering her seeing eye dog, the gang leader decides to act out a lifelong fantasy as I alluded to earlier. Hey, hey, Leroy. You know, I always did want to call me a blind bitch. Ow! Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Luckily, the whose lifelong <laughs> fantasy is to <laughs> a blind woman. All of it. Oh, my God. I don't know, man. It's weird. It's oddly specific. Uh, luckily, the Toxic Avenger shows up to save the day by ripping this guy's arm off and beating the living shit out of his henchmen. Oh, my God. He yes. fucks these dudes up. Oh, it's pretty good. So he tears the arm off, and then we get a bit of a battle scene in the dining room. It kind of reminds me of the scene in the Hulk Hogan movie where he beats up the oh. guys. No Holds Barred that we watched last season. It reminded me of that, too. Yeah, very similar to that, where they just fucking trash this place as he's fighting the three of them. Way more gore in this one, though. Oh, God, it's way better. <laughs> this one's way better. That one's pretty hilarious, but this one is way better. So he basically defeats them all, but instead of just, like, leaving them for the police to take care of, he gets them into the kitchen area, and we get a sequence of some of the best kills in a movie probably oh my god dude the fucking action and sound effects and choreography of this scene are just amazing he ends up killing one guy with the milkshake machine after first filling his mouth with milkshake ingredients that was incredible and then he deep fries the other guy's hands before jamming the leader into a pizza oven and how does the toxic avenger celebrate by picking up that hot blind lady which speaking of things that are going to pay off later damn <laughs> <laughs> yeah he he rescues sarah the blind character he tells her that they need to leave through the back door and I thought maybe he would have been alluding to something the other guy was talking she's about she's already but. been threatened with this man don't joke <laughs> no, about this yeah so uh. he leads her out of there he knows that the police are probably on their way and doesn't want the the trouble of that so they head out on a walk together he's gonna take her home she says that they've killed her dog which was what we saw and she can't make it on her own I so. didn't like that it was rough they cut to the dog and it's got this gaping fucking torso wound that was by far the worst part of the movie for me. You hated the dog dying. I love dogs, man. Not the kid right. getting driven over his head by a car. <laughs> that actually bothered me less. That's shocking the to kid, me. The kid I, was kind I, yeah. of a wiener. I don't know. Like, you know. <laughs> so he deserved to have his head driven over? I didn't say that, but the yeah. dog is just a fucking innocent dog. I felt sad about that. I, I felt more sad about the child who got ran over. But It's know. a good point by you, but yeah. I still, I don't know. <laughs> uh, now, I said that picking up that blind is going to pay off later, but it immediately pays off with some world-class blind humor. When they get back to her apartment, she's tripping and knocking stuff over, and she ends up caning the Toxic Avenger right in the balls. She also accidentally grabs his dick in a minute which is both hilarious and arousing as i mentioned earlier this is after she touched his hand and said what big hand so it was yeah, she's not telling his fortune and his fortune is you're gonna nail a blind lady 
It was not unintentional that after she held his large hands, she needed to grab his <laughs> to make sure he had the real biz. The real biz. <laughs> I mean, this is all coming to a head, so to speak. And uh, with the public wanting answers, they turn to a local scientist or doctor. He's holding a stethoscope the whole time he's talking to the press. I don't know what's going on here. Talking about how the monster, as they're calling him, is compelled to attack evil people as evidenced by the fact that all of his victims have been evil. Now, this guy's German, too. So is he evil? I kind of, like, forgot while watching this. It's so weird. I don't understand some of the choices they're making in the accents and things they're going with. They're just trying to throw in as much, like... Things that people will laugh at as possible, it seems like. I guess, but I didn't find this scene particularly funny. Anyway, we get more corruption now. As we find out, there's a lot of illegal activity happening at the Tromaville Health Club, all under the watchful eye of the mayor. We see some vials and powders being exchanged, and it also gets drilled home when a guy brings a bag full of cash to the mayor and says, Mr. Mayor, I got today's receipts from the drug division. (laughs) Subtle. (laughs) Yeah, fucking Dennis is the drug dealer here. He's been handing out all kinds of drugs at the gym. And clearly it's been profitable. The mayor is happy. But then we transition back to Dennis getting his pump on. Well, well, for a minute until the Toxic Avenger storms in, which causes everyone to flee. And he loads it up similar to when we watched Happy Birthday to Me back in fucking season two. Also, our birthday episode where the guy fucking drops the thing on that dude's. <laughs> that's that's this the best way right killer away, ever. Yeah, yeah. The, you can't move away from that when that guy's junk gets destroyed by the fucking <laughs> weight. It's it's got to be one of the best deaths in a movie ever. But this one is a pretty good second, I'd say, in terms of weightlifting deaths here. Oh, for sure. He cranks the fucking thing up, so like it's got that like metal kind of spike underneath all the heavy weight. It's got like hundreds of pounds of weight up there, and he slides the guy's head underneath it, then just drops it. And it crushes this dude's head. Another fucking hilarious low-budget effect. Really fun. Every time someone dies in this movie, their body twitches for quite a long time. And we get another one of those. But this is an enjoyable kill here. Uh, The drug dealer, Dennis, is down. So no longer going to be filling that club full of steroids and other things that are being consumed. Mostly by Bozo. Yeah, it's kind of weird the Toxic Avenger here is not just targeting the people who, like, fucked him up. He's going after, like, criminals in general. But that changes in a second. When we see Slug's lady enter the sauna, and I mentioned subtlety earlier. You know it was not super subtle? The way they show us that she's turned on by their fucking uh, car attack murder game. She takes some pictures of that dead kid into the sauna and starts r***ing one out. Good lord. Yeah, when the Toxic Avenger finds her, she's risked herself. <laughs> She, <laughs> she has trouble getting <laughs> as the Toxic Avenger picks her up and you throws her, her on those hot stones. God damn it. Yeah, he murders her. And like this is where we get the payoff from that scene I mentioned earlier. As the Toxic Avenger sneaks up in her wrapped up in blankets, she just thinks it's slug, but that changes when she pulls the blankets off to reveal a close-up of the Toxic Avenger's deformed face for the very first time. Yeah, this is interesting because it's sort of the reveal. I'm surprised we didn't see it earlier because he's done a lot of action since he transformed, but... Kind of reminds me of the character from The Goonies, although this comes out first. Yeah, you're right. He does look a little bit like Sloth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but as you mentioned, he fucking just murders her. He throws her on the hot coals and burns her ass off. Let this be a lesson to your hot ass, I think he said. <laughs> Something like that. So we get, we get some kind of uh, funny lines here as he's cleaning up the town. I mean, I don't feel any remorse for her death after she went in there to run one out Dude, looking at children's She's desks. masturbating yeah. to a picture of a dead kid. She deserves to die. Yeah. Now, you mentioned him cleaning up the town. He's kind of doing the opposite in the next scene. We cut to him just, like, pissing in an alley. The when piss is coming out green, too. It's toxic, which is kind of funny. Yeah. And then makes me wonder what his semen is like. <laughs> oh, God damn it. And then a limo pulls up, and there's a pimp in there off who offers him some 12-year-old poontang only $12. God damn. Everything about this is disgusting to me. It's the awful. The age is too low. The price is too low. It's all wrong. <laughs> Thankfully, he's offering this deal to the Toxic Avenger and not some other Tromaville sleazebag. The mayor would have taken that deal. Oh, God, yeah. The but mayor, the Toxic Avenger the mayor is just the fucking key, The key like, customer of this fucking pimp. 
But Toxic Avenger grabs this pimp and holds him up against a wall, and then we see a limo full of goons come out, and the Toxic Avenger just fucking kicks their ass. Oh, yeah. It's like a clown car that he just quickly obliterates. And this launches us into a montage of him fighting crime and doing generally good deeds among the city, complete with spinning newspaper headlines. How much did you love this shit? Oh, it was great. We got shots of him walking grandmas across the street. He's opening jars for women who are finding it <laughs> He's difficult. He's their windows to open yeah. jars they can't open. He's saving children from Bozo and his fucking driving game. Uh, this is wonderful. He's winning the town over. They are in love with the Toxic Avenger. I start calling him the TA at this point. Yeah, you referring to him as TA was like low-key cracking me up this whole time. <laughs> I'm loving I the really TA. I really enjoyed here. it, yeah. yeah. Uh, at the end of the sequence, we see that he has made some incredible headway here. According to the mayor, he has wiped out all the criminals in the city except them. So the mayor decides to send some goons to ambush him, and you'll never guess who's leading the attack. Here, let me give you a hint. I owe you for the other night, monster f- So now we're going to give you six new assholes. Compliments of me, Cigar Face. <laughs> Damn it. I love that he keeps saying his own name. He constantly is introducing himself, and I'm here for it. Yeah, he loves that to make sure that everyone knows that it is Cigar Face who is doing <laughs> sure inappropriate is. things to them. So Cigar Face and his goons have Toxic Avenger in a bad place. They've all got guns pulled, and they're about to kill him. As they go to shoot, the Toxic Avenger leaps in the air onto a, like... Second story as all of the gangsters shoot each other across. They were lined up perfectly to kill each other. We've got a fucking no no blood on the hands of the TA as they're all just laying there dead in an alley. God damn it, it's true. These are truly happy times, the Toxic Avenger. His life is filled with purpose, and his relationship with that blind lady couldn't be better. In fact, we get another montage where he bangs her and then quickly experiences all kinds of domestic bliss. And here's something I learned from this sequence. The Toxic Avenger's smokes when he gets aroused. <laughs> There's smoke coming off his tongue. Uh, that's true. There was some steam and smoke. This is why I'm asking what his semen is like. I'm also wondering why Sarah's not feeling any of the effects of the toxic dump they live in or the semen that he's implanting inside her. It would have to be like what can contain radioactive materials. He's going to have to have some kind of metal dong bag. You know what? They never – I haven't seen the third movie, but if they didn't have her have a child with him, that's a huge mistake. Son of Toxic Avenger, that's a movie you could absolutely make today. There's four of these, right? Uh, Three for sure. I think the fourth one, well, maybe four. I don't, I don't know. know. I've They're only making seen a new one. one, though. Are they? They're making a new one that oh, should be coming out, like, I think in a year or so. We need to watch the other three before that comes out and then go see it live. I would happily go see the new Toxic Avenger. Are you shitting me? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, he has still got some scores to settle, so he heads back to the Tromaville Health Club and finds Julie. She runs into the bowels of the building, which are both surprisingly big and disgusting. Kind of seems like they do a better job on maintenance there. But either way, he corners her in the boiler room and puts her out of misery with a pair of scissors. He also puts us out of our misery as her acting here is just atrocious. Oh my God. It is so, so bad. There is at least six minutes of her horribly screaming and none of it being believable. The only good part of this scene or sequence of her death is when they transition from her screaming to Bozo, her boyfriend. There's a really nice cut as it ends there. Um, I thought there was going to be a better payoff for him chasing her down into the bowels here. They were just showing us, I guess, some more setting, but I thought this one could have been better. A lot of the other kills have been spectacular, and this one underwhelmed, I guess. You don't even see him kill her. They no. just cut, like you said, she yeah. screams and it cuts to Bozo, which is a nice transition, I agree. Uh, Bozo is screaming because he's stressed again. Apparently, Julie isn't returning his calls, go figure. So Slug suggests a daytime round of their favorite game, Murder Drive. I don't know if that's what they call it, but if that isn't already a movie title, <laughs> you're working on the screenplay. Wouldn't you go see a movie called Murder Drive? I would. I don't know. Is it related to like uh, Mulholland Drive? That movie? <laughs> <laughs> that's not where I was going. <laughs> I was thinking of Crash, the David Cronenberg movie, but uh, the one where people get turned on by fucking car crash. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, that's an alarmingly bad movie. Also, uh, <laughs> the Toxic Avenger jumps on the roof of their car holding on with handles we can clearly see in the wide shots, then throws Slug out after what I thought was a MacGruber-style throat rip, but his throat is pretty intact when we see this body stop rolling. You know what does not stop rolling, though? The car, as Bozo just keeps driving it for some reason. Why was he still driving this car? 
<laughs> this is a lot. This is the chase sequence of the film. This has been written in there so that they can show the driving aspects. Um, him on top while holding on to the clear handholds is hilarious. You can see it so oh, yeah, clearly, it's right? so yeah. clear. He... When he rips uh, Slug out of the car, he clearly kind of chokes him to death. We get some blood coming out of there. The reason why Bozo is not stopping this car is because the Toxic Avenger has plunged his foot onto the gas pedal at full speed. Like he's straddling the center of the yes. car and just like, oh. And he's right. got his foot rammed onto there. So he won't allow Bozo to take it off because I think he assumes and he knows rightfully that He's pretty unkillable. He's been shot at. All kinds of things have happened to him, and he's surviving it. So I think he assumes here, no matter what happens to them in this car crash, he's going to make it through. What's interesting to me is the Toxic Avenger does not mind putting random people at risk here. There's all kinds oh of... Oh, my God, yeah. There's all kinds of other cars that end up crashing and exploding, or there's also, like, a group of children playing that they drive right through and almost kill. Yeah, that's how this wildly reckless quest for revenge ends. They drive through a playground full of kids. They all get out of the way, though. Don't worry. And then fly over a cliff bounce a couple of times before smashing into the ground below with the Toxic Avenger laughing all the while. How'd you feel about this car crash? <laughs> they go down quite a big hill, a bit of a cliff, but they sort of settle and then all of the sudden explode. Yeah, how'd you like that? Yeah, I fucking I was angry. <laughs> I'll say. Were uh, you more happy about the next scene where some old dwarf lady brings her son's pants into the dry cleaner? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. They introduce a little person. Uh, this she is, right? I'm not imagining yeah, that. No, okay, I think yeah. so. I think she's she's a little person, and she's brought in the pants of her son, who she said went out with one of his best girls the night before, and it is just jeans covered in white <laughs> stickiness. He's all over these. What is happening? How could you, as a mom, not know what it was? And two, why would you take it to a public dry cleaner? Was she bragging? Was she showing off that her son is like... Great at a load all over the front of his own pants. Well, like, that's what? the problem, too. Why is it on his pants and not inside the lady friend that he was hanging out with? Also, who dry cleans jeans? Can I mention that? All of this is strange. What I'm sensing here is this is all a reason or excuse to get the Toxic Avenger into a dry cleaning facility. Oh, he gets in there, right? What does he do to the lady? <laughs> oh, <laughs> we don't know the context here, and it's a little bit concerning because he takes this small woman and he throws her inside of one of the industrial dry cleaning machines and runs it. Oh, yeah, he kills her straight up. And the headlines the next day say monster murders innocent woman. And this does seem odd. In fact, in our next scene, we see the Toxic Avenger is himself questioning what he's doing. As he tells his blind lady, I, I think I'm out of control. You see, you're blind, Sarah. You don't know who I am. I'm really the monster hero you've heard about. And every day I go out and I mash people. I tear them apart and I can't stop. You better move back to your apartment. I don't think it's safe for you to be around me. But to her credit, she is a real stand-by-her-man type, which I love. And it turns out that old lady wasn't innocent at all. She was the head of an underground white slavery ring. Does that mean the slaves are white or... I don't know. I, I assume so. I or guess. is it being run by white people? I feel like you would just call it a slavery ring, but if it's a white slavery ring. I'm not sure. The good news is... We know it's bad. The good news is she was bad, and so she's been taken care of. The problem is the news does not know this, and so the mayor and his cronies are going to use this to their advantage. What do they start setting up? Oh, yeah. Despite the fact that the police know this lady was evil, the mayor does see an opportunity here, so he decides to cover up her wrongdoing and pump up the story the Toxic Avenger is a monster who's going around dry-cleaning old ladies. Little does he know, this will thoroughly divide the community as evidenced in our next few scenes. So a manhunt is going to start for a Toxic Avenger. The Toxic Avenger knows he needs to relocate. So him and Sarah, his girlfriend, decide to flee to a local farm. It seemed more like a field. They just like pitch a tent in a field and that's it. <laughs> I know. They describe it as the outskirts of some farm. But they pitch a tent in the fields and we know what that means. They're going to f*** in a tent. Yeah. <laughs> that's what, is that all it is? <laughs> yeah. They, this is just a plan for the Toxic Avenger to go lay more pipe in a tent. Um, so... 
He and Sarah head off and they go do a bunch of that and the town starts searching for him. Not only did the town start searching for him, but uh, our mayor calls in a favor from the governor. He makes a phone call and and who gets sent to help them track down this monster? Well, it's the National Guard, but that happens after two terribly actors in ill-fitting police outfits spot the tent with a toxic Avenger and his lady or bimbo as they call her. So, yeah, he calls the National Guard in, and the mayor is kind of really feeling himself here, holding the gun up and talking about how they're going to kill him. You know who else is feeling himself here? That now clearly Nazi police chief. Yeah, he is. <laughs> they're dialed it up here now. He's There's no several it. times, yeah. and, yeah, things are going really bad. So Nazi police chief and the mayor are going to be sending tanks in the National Guard after the toxic Avenger. Yeah, but you know who's not on board with this? The citizens of Tromaville. In particular, a lot of screen time is given to one of the employees of the taco restaurant that he saves. <laughs> he saved his life. Yeah, but he gets a lot of screen time here saying how this isn't okay, and he becomes the one to start like rallying the town in the Toxic Avengers' favor. It's true. And this all culminates with the entire police force, National Guard, and basically the whole town surrounding that tent the Toxic Avenger is in with his blind lady, guns drawn, and many of the town's citizens pleading with the mayor to call this off. But actions speak louder than words. So what do the fine citizens of Tromaville do when the mayor orders them out of the tent? Well, they step in front. They are going to human shield the Toxic Avenger. They all go in front of the mayor and his cronies and prevent them from shooting here. Oh, they do, but I don't feel like anyone actually wants to shoot. Well, the mayor definitely does. That's true, but the police can't do it. They're like, no, these kids are right. The National Guard doesn't want to, but they have no fucking connection to this guy, but they don't want to do it either. I don't know why. Yeah, and then the Toxic Avenger is kind of like, thanks them, and then moves his way past the human shield. It was interesting here. If he was really in danger or if the mayor really wanted to kill him, he could have shot at him right as he passes through. Well, they don't want to, he doesn't want to risk the kid's life. Toxic Avenger's doing exactly what he should do. He's the fucking hero. And the mayor does want to kill him. And with nobody following his orders, that's what he decides to do. He takes matters in his own hands. But despite shooting the Toxic Avenger several times, he just keeps advancing. So the mayor eventually crumbles into a fetal position and begs the Toxic Avenger not to kill him, even offering him a cut of all the drug money flowing through the Tromaville Health Club. And the Toxic Avenger's response? You fat slob, let's see if you have any guts. Then he rips his intestines out and everyone cheers. Jesus. This kid's graphic. I think that offer was 10% of all the money this mayor was making, and he was getting a lot of money. I don't think it was just drug fronts. There was, like, real estate oh, and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. He was all over it. Um, but when he fucking plunges his fist into this fat mayor and hauls out his guts. <laughs> punches it, right through his stomach. Oh, my God. It's intense. Uh, the graphicness of the guts getting pulled out and then the mayor pathetically trying to shove them back in is pretty hilarious <laughs> the mayor bleeds out as he is like lying dead and, what's and everyone's celebrating everyone <laughs> celebrates yeah like the rest of the badness that was going on is gone even the nazi chief of police doesn't continue his attack on the toxic avenger at this point it's true man everyone's happy and with everything wrapped up we get an outro from our narrator who lets us know that melvin the monster hero rid tromaville of all its evil so the good citizens could live their lives in peace and happiness and the next time you're in danger or need of help look to the horizon and maybe just maybe the toxic avenger will be there and as he pauses in front of a nuclear sunset we get a freeze frame <laughs> Followed by that glorious opening song once again for the end credits. Hot damn. Woohoo! Damn. This song is hot, by the way. I'm enjoying this song. That's great shit. When it came up again, I practically fucking cheered. Yeah, this 80s soundtrack is pretty fantastic. It's one of the things we're going to talk about, I think, when we get to our rating here. We might as well get to our rating right now since we're in the end credits. The way we always do this, we rate the movie on a scale of 1 to 10 two times. 1 to 10 for how bad it is. 1 to 10 for how enjoyable. And the goal is to find movies that are 10 out of 10 on both scales, or what we call the... Crit 20. And for me, I have to say, this is 100% in play because nobody in this movie can act. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> and I'm sure some of these performances were intentional, but not all of them. There's no way you can tell me all of these were intentional performances. What about the fat mayor? He's trying his hardest and he's terrible. Uh, the script for this is ridiculous. The effects are ridiculous. Most of the jokes and situations are ridiculous, bordering on offensive. In other words, it's a trauma movie. And this will come up again in my enjoyable rating. 
Uh, the music, we just talked about this, it's fucking glorious, but also in a ridiculous way. Like, I was actively laughing at some of the lyrics in these songs. There's a ballad halfway through where I was just fucking dying. They're singing about, like, some slow night as he fucking nails her. I don't oh, know what there, that means. There's some good ones in here. Yeah, man. Sure. Uh, and, and yes, this is extremely low budget, just your classic B-movie in every sense of the word. Are there scenes that are well shot considering the budget? Yes, a couple. But are there also a lot of scenes that aren't necessary or don't make sense or are absolute padding? Absolutely there are. So despite a couple of nice flourishes, I have this as a 10 bad. If you want to, you can consider this as one of those ones where I round up from like a 9.5 or whatever. But 10 out of 10 bad, the crit 20s in play. What do you think? <laughs> oh, This is the second time I've watched this movie and not too long a period uh, in a few months um and so it's interesting watching it a second time the acting is atrocious just absolutely out of control the overacting the amount of people that have been directed to be at an 11 is yeah. like 90 percent everyone it's yeah. the whole town it's a lot the writing is suspect um there's some good one-liners and there's some good intros and exposition but in general the like plot itself doesn't make a lot of sense we pop to all kinds of really ridiculous places yes. just because it's fun i think the overdub was surprising and a lot oh of the toxic avengers oh voice. god yeah <laughs> it's egregious the excessive use of sound effects in all of the scenes but in particular the, the action scenes. and fight scenes yes. is, is aggressive some of the effects are also interesting when the person dives out of the window and it's clearly a stunt person and the hands <laughs> on the bars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, there's so much here that you're just like, yeah, this has to be a 10 bad. There you go. Okay. Now, how enjoyable did you find this movie on a scale of 1 to 10? Do we have our first Crit 20 of the season? <laughs> We're only in the second episode. That would be an early Crit 20, I guess. So the things that I enjoyed... Um, I laughed my ass off at this movie. There, I was yeah. in tears laughing at times, for sure. Uh, a lot of the deaths were incredibly enjoyable. Yep. I thought that there were a lot of really funny, but also well-done deaths. I actually thought for the budget, the makeup was quite good. Even the transition into the Toxic Avenger, as well as, like, well, the skull on. exploding. <laughs> I... I mean, but again, for the budget is for the, the budget. Yeah. I think that they did it. There was a lot of hilarity. There was a nice amount of nudity. The relationship. <laughs> <laughs> There's not that much nudity. Enough. You enough. You see a little bit of boobs. Yeah, yeah, that's the right amount for this. Like, if you Fair. did this movie and there was no nudity, oh, that's a crime against humanity. It would be. Yeah, you wouldn't feel like it was the right amount. Um, the Toxic Avenger character and the Sarah character are both just so funny, and the way that they <laughs> unconditionally love each other out of nowhere that's is sweet, is sweet like and and pretty adorable. I have to give this a 10. Yeah! It's a <laughs> 20. We did it. Amazing. Second episode of the season. And this is the second time I've seen it in a couple months, and I would watch it again tomorrow. Like, this is a movie that is so funny. This is a movie that I would love to introduce to others. If you haven't yeah. seen The Toxic Avenger, it's something that you need to see because it is super fun. So this ties directly into my rating for how enjoyable this movie is. Like, refer to my comments earlier, it's a trauma movie, it's a weird, silly, schlocky good time, and I think we mentioned this in previous seasons, but this would be a good barometer for me as to whether or not I would like a person. Like, if you like the Toxic <laughs> Avenger, we're cool. If you would watch this and be offended or grossed out or whatever, we're probably not going to get along. Like, honestly. You're like, there's no sense of humor there. This is Exactly. This, yeah. this, is, I, this is what you're saying, too, though. Yeah, isn't no, it? absolutely. Yeah. I think that it would be fun to watch with people who would enjoy it. Definitely. Um, I laughed. I cried from laughing. Uh, I sat there with my mouth agape when I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It was an absolutely incredible experience. But having said that, there was one thing I didn't like, which was when they shot that dog in the restaurant scene. <laughs> I can't believe you're going back to the dog and not running over the kid again. You know what? If they hadn't cut to the shot of it, like, struggling to breathe with the gaping wound, I would have breezed right past it. But the fact that they go back to it, that really bothered me. So for that reason, I'm only going to give this a 9 for enjoyable. But you're, you're you're pumping this shit up, right? But now. yeah, oh yeah, I like. I this am strategy. doing this knowing full well the movie ends with a freeze frame. <laughs> and if you have listened to our previous seasons, you know that I always give a bonus point for a freeze frame ending. So I am back up to ten, which means, like yourself, I am also giving this a 
Crit 20. This is a great fucking time. And I think we both knew, like, we, we put this in the docket for this season. We're both like, oh, that's going to be a fucking, like, yeah, we kinda automatic. Knew. But you know what? Yeah. It lives up to it. Your second viewing is by my third or fourth. What a great fucking time this movie is. Cannot recommend this strongly enough. And if you don't like this movie, fuck you. <laughs> You're a bad person. You are. We are not cool. Unsubscribe right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, keep listening and subscribing. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, we don't like you. We can agree to disagree. It's yeah. fine. Uh, <laughs> no, man, this is great shit. I fucking love trauma. If I if I have my way, we will cash another trauma movie like real soon, like probably before the end of the season or whatever. Like I've got one or two more where I'm like, we could definitely do it. Just got to find a beer selection. So just a good time. And uh, speaking of beer selections, how did you feel about this nuclear sunset? Uh, I got through it without any problems, for sure. This That's was not exactly a fucking rainy endorsement. Well, um, it was not what I expected, though. I would say it fell more into a standard IPA, if not a West Coast IPA, Uh-oh. rather than a Northeast or New England-style IPA. Wasn't quite hazy, wasn't quite hoppy enough for me. I don't know, which might have made it was a more enjoyable experience for you. Yeah, so I'll be honest. I was fucking dreading this thing. And despite it claiming to be unfiltered and hazy, when I poured it, it wasn't very hazy. And it also didn't like seem, you know, like unfiltered beers, like the stuff kind of floating in it. Oh, yeah. I didn't notice any of that. I thought this was actually pretty like clean and I kind of enjoyed it. Like I was like, wow, man, I gotta fucking drink this again, which for me and an IPA is not my style. But I actually, so I'm like, oh, Noel's gonna fucking hate this. It would be on the lower end of the IPAs IPAs that I've enjoyed. Um, Not to say it wasn't undrinkable or a bad beer. I enjoyed it for beer's sake, but I almost feel like it's a bit of false advertising. I feel like they need to get that recipe down a little bit more. Well, I have to say, if I was being forced to drink an IPA, I would reach for this one every day of the week. Like I'm like... Yeah, slide me over that nuclear sunset. If I have to drink one, I'll drink it, and I'll drink it happily because I I didn't think it was that bad at all. I actually kind of enjoyed it. Yeah, I really wish it was much hazier and much more of an uh, any IPA. But man, I okay. fucking dodged a bullet here. This feels tremendous. Shit, oh I'm my god, so this happy is with an episode for Goober right here. It really is. Well, I don't know if I'll be so lucky next week though, because next week we're we'll drinking another fucking uh, some kind of paleo. I think it's from England. When we watch a little movie called Death Ship. <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah. Do you, do you like boats, Noel? Who doesn't? Do you like boats that try and murder people? Well, um, less so. <laughs> less so, I think, than boats. Um, yeah. Everyone likes being on the water, but not when they're trying to be murdered. Yeah. It's something about the implication. <laughs> the implication. Well, there's no implication here. I can tell you that next week we'll be enjoying some fucking uh, late 70s, early 80s horror when we watch Death Ship. <laughs> a movie about a boat that fucking kills people. That'll be a good time. I'm looking forward to this. Anytime we get to watch some kind of old horror, uh, I enjoy it. You know that. You've become like a real fucking 80s horror slut. I really have. I will watch and or consume any 80s horror. You send it my way and I am Send all in. it in. Send it in, everybody. Send him some 80s horror. Yeah. Just, and I love it, too. Yeah. We all do. It's a great genre. Let's not gloss over the fact that in our second episode of the season, we've already scored our first crit 20. And a mutual for both of us. The yeah. Toxic Avenger. I cannot overstate how enjoyable this is. If you haven't seen Toxic Avenger, first of all, why are you listening to this? And second of all, get on that shit. It's a great time. <laughs> it really is. Um, When was the last time we had a crit 20? It's been a long time. Uh, One that we both had? Yeah. Miami Connection? That's season two. Season three? No, we had, we, had fucking, season three. we had fucking three last year. Oh, they were all at the start, though. Second half of the season was a little bit quiet, so we're coming in hot this season. We are, but there's no halves anymore. It's just one season. We're going with this two-week thing, and two weeks from today, we'll be fucking talking about Death Ship. We hope you'll join us for that, but if you have not already, please follow us on social media at the BMB Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Send us emails, thebmbpodcast at gmail.com. Definitely. We always love hearing from you. And we hope to see you two weeks from today for Death Ship. Until then, I'm Cooper. And I'm Nolan. And we'll see you next time on Bad Movies and Beer. Be like Melvin. Keep mopping up the streets. There you go. I like it. He was 98 pounds of solid nerd until he became the Toxic Avenger. <laughs>